Hey, good morning, everyone. Great to see you here. Hey, this one's for you, Michelle. Bit of a shout out. Uh, Michelle asked yesterday, can we have a bit of a chat about furnished and unfurnished uh, properties? Maybe a bit more to it than that today, so we'll uh, we'll dive into it in a minute. But uh, great to see all of you guys jumping on. Let me know. Give me a thumbs up or a shout out if you can hear me. I think uh, uh, I've got my tech back in order. Uh, it's uh, it's taken a little bit to get the brain back into gear when it comes to the morning lives team. But uh, good to see all of you guys jumping on while the while the while the live is warming up. Thumbs up. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, quick shout out, Michelle, Nick, Bob, Shay Whitten. Good morning, my love. Chris O, good to see, good to see you. Uh, Stephen, there we go. It's all good. Uh, good to see you guys on. Hey, listen, um, if you're new, if you're stumbling by, finding us by chance or by design, um, and uh, you're wondering who I am, Jason Whitten is my name. Been property investing over 20 years, coaching property investors across Australia and New Zealand. Uh, and many other places in the world, actually. We've got a lot of international customers um, on building their property portfolios. And uh, each morning, get together with those people who are quite keen, mad property investors, maybe just like you, and uh, we talk and have what we call a wealth coffee chat. Oh, yeah, got the old... <laughs> My kids bought me this coffee mug. Um, good on them. Um each morning, we talk about property investing, about the idea of how to build, tweak, maintain, tune up our property portfolio, depending on your strategy and what you're trying to achieve, and uh, hopefully keep it on track because we've got some sayings around here. Uh, those in those in the live stream this morning would know them. If you're a regular, buy well, never sell. The idea is you go to all this effort to uh, purchase and own your real estate and then people go and sell it, you know, after, you know, the wrong amount of time. Anyway, that's not what today's about. Uh, but uh, And also, this thing's a marathon, not a sprint. It takes time to create wealth in real estate. If you don't already know that, uh, there's the first time I will remind you and I will remind you if you hang out with me for as long as you're here because the longer you own good quality real estate, the wealthier you become. That is an absolute fait accompli. Uh, pending the whole world imploding. And anyway, if that's the case, we're all in it together. So uh, <laughs> who cares about that? Don't worry about things you can't control. But let's talk about increasing cash flow. Let's talk about increasing cash flow. This one's for Michelle, like I said, uh, and all of you guys. Michelle just shouted it out the other day. Said, hey, listen, what about um, what about this? What, what, what maybe I can put some furniture in my property and is that a good idea? So let's talk about this. There's three versions of the world we're going to have a bit of a chat about today when it comes to increasing your cash flow. More money in your pocket is a good idea. Now, uh, before we dive into this, there is a concept called highest and best use. Highest and best use. Uh, maybe chuck it in the chat if you if you if you know what that means, because um, for many of us in our portfolio. In the process, as we're traveling along in time and we go through these stages, and you guys have seen this before, acquisition, consolidation, lifestyle, we go through these stages of ownership and buying real estate. Um, I'll put that as a bit, a bit, a bit better color. Um, when we go through and we own our real estate, you know, you might own a property, 
Now it's traveling along in this way, but the question is often once we've done the acquiring, right? This is when we want to buy our four to six uh, investment properties. Uh, if we can make that work for you and your, your strategy, once we own these properties, let's say over here, by the time we've done our, our, um, our buying, we have six properties. The question we must always have at the top of our mind is what is the highest and best use, best use, of the assets and the real estate I own, highest and best use, okay? And we're like, well, what does that mean? Okay, let me give you an example on, um, let me give you an example on uh, the capital value, the highest and best use. You have a property and it is now 15 or 20 years old. Is that property maximum improved in its capital uh, its capital attributes, you know, the uh, updated kitchen, up-to-date bathrooms, uh, maximum amount of bedrooms, uh, maximum coverage of the property and dwelling. You know, if you had a property and you had a four-bedroom house and now it was 20 years old, well, maybe it's time to turn that into a six-bedroom house and make it bigger and cover the land as much as possible because a six-bedroom house will earn you two or $300 more compared to a four-bedroom house 20 years old. Highest and best use, okay? Highest and best use. So I'm not going to dive deep into the capital value version of that today. Um, you know, maybe you've got a big piece of land and it's subdividable. You can put, you know, a dwelling on two sides. That's highest and best use. Maybe uh, what Sam just did with one of his properties in Sydney. Uh, it was a two-bedroom, quite a large two-bedroom apartment, and he turned it into a three-bedroom apartment internally, fixed it up, renovated it, and now that's the highest and best use of the asset that you own. Now, this is an internal concept. When we're looking outwards, we're looking acquiring something new. This is a, a look in on what you already own, Highest and best use, all right? Hopefully. Now, does that make sense? Let me know in the chat if I'm making sense about this highest and best use concept um, of the assets we already own because often we go looking out here. We're going looking everywhere else. Oh, I need to buy, get new, get new. Uh, but but often we need to have a little look at what we have um, as we go along. That is uh, also that highest and best use applies to your equity and your other stuff as well, team cash in a bank account. That, is that the highest and best use of that cash in the bank account? No, it's friggin' lazy. But anyway, don't let me get distracted um, um, like a squirrel. Oh, oh, look, look, there's nuts everywhere. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, I'll move on. <laughs> uh, thanks, Warren. Thanks, Michelle. Okay, so highest and best use. When it comes to the properties we own or potentially we're thinking about owning, how can we increase the cash flow how can we increase the income that comes into our pocket on, on those properties? Okay, and there's three parts we're going to have a chat about today. What can we add? How can we manipulate the time we do things with? And um, can we multiply what that looks like um, in there? I'm just going to quickly chop this. Voila. So what does that mean? Let's have a look at what we can add. 
This one uh, is inspired by Michelle's question yesterday. What can we add, team, in a property that we have already? What can we add to it um, and increase the furniture? Okay, so we can add furniture. Now, this is from a rental point of view. Um, this is the simple. Uh, and then we can add rooms or building space, okay? Now, this rooms and building space become a bit more uh, expensive, but we can talk about that um, as, we, as we go. Behavioral design, absolutely, Chriso. Like, boom, you can add bathrooms, you can yeah, bathtubs, you can breakfast bars, you can add barbecue areas, you can add a shed. You know, one of the, uh, one of the big ones when uh, we were doing stuff, you know, 10, 15 years ago in some of the rural locations, was, you know, you'd add a $10,000 shed out the back for, um, you know, for motorbikes and cars and a workshop, and that would get you another $150, $200 a week in rent. You know, $10,000 for $150 extra in rent, boom, massive rental return, massive rental yield on that ad. What can we add? From simple low dollars to high dollars, uh, as we go along, solar, absolutely, Nick, uh, and that and that's a that's a, a, an awesome one at the moment. Adding solar, um, saying to the tenant, "Hey, listen, uh, I've got solar in there, so you don't have to pay for electricity or you work it out." And I'm gonna I'm gonna make um, you know twenty, thirty, forty, fifty dollars a week extra in my rent. Bob, back in the day, absolutely, you know. Uh, Inexpensive carport, you know, on the side of the house, extra, extra money. Um, and the furniture as we go. What type of furniture is pretty useful to add? Um, for me, what's always been very useful to add, especially if you're in places where the renters are a bit transient, you know, um, I always added the fridge and the um, uh, washing machine and the dryer. That's what I always added um, when it came to some of these areas where I wanted to, to, to beef it up because those were the big white goods that people don't want to travel around with. You think about uh, students, you think about young professionals sharing a house, you think about those sorts of things. You know, what are some of the simple things that people don't want to bring or they're not going to buy and own? A wine fridge, totally, Chris A, you know. Um, these are the things. So think about that as we go forward. What happens if we add some of these things? We're able to either, number one, be more competitive in the market if the market's a bit competitive. Hey, there's two houses side by side, you know, one's for 400, one's for 410, uh, but one's got a, a fridge, a washer and a dryer in it. Uh, I'm going to go with the 410. I don't have to bring any of that stuff, okay, uh, etc. So hopefully you understand or, or appreciate this concept where now in your portfolio have you got uh, assets that might need a little consideration of highest and best use and put a budget together and think about what that might mean. One of the great benefits, tell me what one of the benefits are, are a little extra cash flow benefit team on uh, furniture when you put it in a property. All right, tell me what uh, what a knock-on effect, what a knock-on benefit might be if you furnish or add some extra fixtures and fittings in your real estate 
when it comes to your cash flow. Anyone know what that might be? Sometimes there's a bit of a delay in the, the live stream and, and you guys are typing furiously and fast. Boom, Stephen. Boom. Alison, on it. Warren, on it. Fantastic. Tax deductions, depreciation, Sean. Massive depreciation. You can have, you know, maybe five to $10,000 worth of stuff and you can get very good depreciation on that as a tax benefit um, when it comes to uh, furnishing. One of the little tips I give you is if you put together your um, your furniture on a brand new property, uh, then often you can bundle it into your finance if you know how to do that properly, okay? So there's a good one. I like that. I think it's absolutely fabulous. What is the highest and best use? Is your property under value, under renting because you don't have the bits in it, the barbecue area, you know, the solar, the this, the that. And we've got to think about this as property investors. Sometimes we come up a, a little roadblock and we're like, oh, I can't borrow to get another property. For the moment, that's okay. Turn back inwards to your portfolio and say, what can you do? Imagine you had five properties and you could add $100 worth of rental value to each of those properties. Then what? Maybe your servicing is up. Maybe then you can unlock your ability to borrow to buy that next piece of real estate. Okay? And the depreciation is excellent. Uh, the payback is good. You can depreciate the full value of a piece of furniture in a very short period of time, one, two, three years, but the income value of those pieces continue for many, many years. Okay? So that's where the upside is. Time. What's the time thing? Okay? Uh, Often, a regular lease is, you know, six to 12 months, okay? Regular lease, every day, straighty 180, six months to 12 months for most tenants, most agreements, okay? However, if you break away from that and you go anywhere from three months um, at a time, one month at a time, you know, down to when it comes to short-term letting, okay, short letting, short-term, short-term letting, that can be quite good. Uh, I've got a property up in Brisbane, and um, for many years, we did three-month three month leases and turned it over. There was like doctors coming from other places needed to stay somewhere for three months. There was uh, professors for the uni. It was really well furnished and really well located. Um, and that was excellent. Okay. Um, you know, down to one month, things like Airbnb, stays, those things, short term letting can, can significantly on the right property if it's furnished, um, you know, beef your income up very, very well. Uh, and at positive team, all of you guys in mentoring right now, We've got some super amazing, exciting opportunities this year in that space. Sam and the team have been working extremely hard to put together some, some awesome properties with some insane cash flow opportunities as well. So stay tuned on that one. Don't miss mentoring or you'll miss out um, as we go. So the short-term letting, you can do it yourself. We've got some clients who that's all they do now with their property portfolio, seven or eight properties. They short-term let them. Been a bit rough uh, over COVID, of course, 
Um, but, um, you know, it's certainly something you can do. Uh, certainly, once you've done your acquiring, then it's fantastic to have one or two or three of your properties in this short-term cycle because it can beef your income pretty significantly um, and then you've got the rest of your incomes kind of boring straight 180 stuff. So the risk is not very high. There's some there's some skill and some mindset around short-term that you've got to bust through. Some of the things you've got to check, are you allowed to do that in your neighbourhood, in your council, in the building, in the area? You know, there there's a few... Uh, legislation, ruley stuff um, that you need to check in on. But I love this. Short term is fantastic. Um, before, uh, just before uh, COVID, I had a farm. I still got a farm. Um, and uh, I was renting out camping spots, you know, three camping spots. I could rent this. I was renting out the grass short term. It was fantastic. Okay. So think about that. Where in your portfolio do you have potentially an opportunity where you could turn it into short-term letting? I know a number of people who are adding adding uh, a dwelling, uh, you know, a little Airbnb dwelling at the back of their house, at the back of their property, and then short-term letting it, right? So then that you can combine these as you go, okay, um, uh, as you go. The last one, which is which is not my favourite. It's not my favourite. It's a bit cumbersome, but I know some people get some great results out of it. It's a bit more. It's a bit more full time, and it's a. It's multi letting. Okay, um, which is room by room. Okay, room by room. If you had a three or a four or a five or a six bedroom place in the right area. You could let those rooms out uh, by room and um, it can significantly increase your income. Nothing wrong with that. If you combine the furniture uh, and the room by room, you know, it's it's pretty good. And a, a lot of places that that works um, is, you know, students and, you know, those sorts of things. You've got to be careful in this space. There's kind of boarding house rules. Um so certain sizes and, and, again, some legislation. But I've seen that work extremely well for the person who has the right mentality and the right approach to, to this thing. One of the things that has um, of, of late, NDIS, um, where you can have multiple tenants managed by um, a professional um, provider, um, which has worked quite nicely. We've got a few of our clients with the NDIS uh, activity, which is which has gone well. But again, these things from here to here, think of it as in, I wouldn't say increasing the risk, but increasing the the focus and the, the mental and emotional energy you need to manage the ups and downs of, of that um, opportunity when it comes to your investing. Um, morning, James. Chriso, yes, allowing pets. Yeah, absolutely. You know, pets can be a bump on it as well um, as we go along. So hopefully that makes sense, team. Um, I, that was a good conversation this morning because I think for all of us, we can um, have a little look at not only our acquisition plan, which is which is always on the radar, especially if you haven't bought the number of properties that you need just yet, but what is the highest and best use plan of the assets that you have? What is that plan? What is 
What, what Do you have one? Maybe it's too early yet, but maybe it should be on your radar, okay, uh, as you go. So um, there you go. Hey, Alison, um, yeah, listen, I think some furniture in... Um, in uh, in your properties would work quite nicely, quite nicely. So yeah, yeah, you'll get you'll get a nice bump on that sort of stuff. Chat to the the managers as well. So that's it, team. Uh, Wealth coffee chat done and dusted. Thanks for hanging out as always. Great to uh, see all of you online. Um, and um, away we go. Yes, my love there, Shay. Um, we should be getting uh, we should be getting a furniture pack for sure. Um, uh, it's uh, it's um, a nice way to go bundle it all up into the property deal at the same time. All right, that's it, team. You guys be well. Go forth. Uh, be merry. Be great. Join me tomorrow at 8.10. We'll do another Wealth Coffee Chat for about 20 minutes and hopefully share the wisdom, share the love. All right, be well, team. Take care. That's it for today. Bye-bye.